Good evening, this is Edward, sonsofgod.com, and it would be the 26th of June. We're going to go ahead and start this second podcast. We're still kind of working out a few details here, but we're going to talk out of the first book, The Manifestation of the Sons of God. And there's two chapters we want to address. One is chapter 10, The Conjunction of Two Worlds. And the other is chapter 4, Sonship is an Experience. It's obviously a very interesting time that we're in right now. That doesn't take any level of discernment to understand that. I was looking at the the book of Matthew just recently, Matthew 10. It says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. And it's, it's very interesting, as we get closer to the release of sonship manifested in a people, we find that chaos is manifesting on an unprecedented level. And you can look and say, well, where did this come from? You know, how did this all of a sudden begin to happen? And yet, Satan's plan all along, for decades, has been to bring the world to this point. Of course, he would hope that it would be a point of destruction, but we're really at the point of the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole concept of sonship is extremely foreign to most. You know, you say, well, it's one thing to say, well, the school of prophets and seers. So you have an idea, a prophet in your own thinking and a seer. We have these concepts. And then you stop and you think about what is sonship. And it's really hard to put that within a defined framework because it's there is nothing on the face of the earth like what is coming. Joel even speaks of it. You know, what is coming will never be again. It's likened unto nothing that has ever been before. There is no uh, pattern. There is no prior prototype. You can't go back and say, well, I understand sonship by virtue of of this company of people, this group of people, this time in history. Um, what is happening now is we are writing history. Um, like we've said before, we're writing the last chapter. Lord, we draw your blessing, we draw your impartation tonight. 
we're still laying the groundwork of where we're going to head in this teaching or impartation. But we're not looking for an exercise in mental acuity or some level of of, of of the mind that understands and no matter how brilliant or smart someone may be and there's a lot of smart people out there the realm of sonship is a realm of experience that will not give way to the intellect or the mind. But sonship will give way to those who earnestly seek and it will give way into a realm of experience. And pretty much these books that God has written, the four of them, which we will be using as a springboard for these podcasts, all four books. Are going to, uh, are born out of experience and not out of concept. Lord is bringing us into deeper and deeper experiences. And no matter what we've had in the past, it's not adequate for today. Often we've talked about the manna. You remember the Old Testament and the manna would come down and feed the children of Israel. But, you know, you couldn't grab up some manna and save it for the next day. It would go bad. So every day had to be fresh manna for the children of Israel. And it's the same thing now for the sons. What you had yesterday was adequate for yesterday. But it will not be adequate for today. A lot of people have sat back and said, well, I'm not going to go any further. And and they have a measure of truth and they figure they could just kind of drift into the kingdom. But it's not going to happen that way. Each day, God is going to reveal the word within you deeper and deeper. And it will be the manna for that day. And I know that we've all experienced what it feels like to be in his presence and and then not be in his presence or go through something where you um, just don't seem to get your 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 manna for that day and you try and make it all work and and just kind of sustain yourself but invariably we all run out of gas because it's meant that each day we are to reach in and get fresh manna for that day. 
So it's very interesting when you look at Matthew 10. I'm not coming to bring peace. Really, Lord? What are you saying? Uh, don't, don't you love the people of the earth? Oh, yeah, I do. Sure. But yet you're not coming to bring peace. Coming to bring a sword. His word is coming to divide asunder the soul and spirit. And um, now more than ever we see this happening. And you can look even at the violence that's emerging. And you can look at it from different perspectives. But God is shaking the heavens and the earth. The word's been coming, and the word is doing that. And you can look and and you can see what's unfolding. And all he's doing is he's shaking the heavens and he's shaking the earth. And it's only going to get more and more intense. But that is also a great sign for he has positioned the sons to break through into the first stages of sonship. And we... we um, We asked that question a while back, several times. What is sonship? And we know that sonship has to do with resurrection life. I think it's in Romans where it talks about the seal of our sonship, to wit, the redemption of the physical body. Until the redemption of the physical body fully happens, the seal of sonship has not been fully executed upon our lives. God has spoken and shown visions and many promises, and he has spoken that the time is here now. He has spoken that several times. The time is here. Resurrection life is right beneath your skin. It's just a fraction of away from you and yet it's hard to to grasp that because it is such a monumental jump from living on this level of death really into a trans into life without going through the physical process of death which of course is why we have carried our cross daily like Paul Daily, Paul died, and daily, we have died. But it has been assuredly difficult to see that in its true light. You can go through so many things, but to have it really deeply revealed within you that, you know, you could say, well, what's going on? You can feel the battle, the warfare, the transference, the witchcraft, any number of things. And you could say, well, on this level of reality, this is what's happening. Just like you can look on what's happening on the face of the earth. On this level, this is what's happening. But that's not really what's happening. 
We know that what's happening in the earth right now is being created and caused by that which is turning the spirit world upside down right now. That's where all of this is emanating from. So it's very, it's very interesting to, to get a different, to, to look at things in a proper perspective of what you're going through. And, and, and this thing of, of dying out really has to be a revelation, like everything that God is doing in your life. It has to be a revelation. You just can't say, well, based on past experience, this is what's happening. Well, it may not be. He has to reveal within you what he's doing. And then you see it and you understand. And to die daily, you know, you can say, well, you you, you go through all these things, but that may or may not be the process of death that you're experiencing. Because the process of death has to do with letting go of the soul. Because we as human beings have been a living soul, you might say, driven by the soul, not the spirit. And yet the promise of resurrection, life, and sonship is that it has to do with the ascension of the spirit over the soul. The end result being that rather than manifesting your soul in a physical body, your body will begin to manifest your spirit, which is resurrection life. And we're in a transition from being the emanation of our soul into being the emanation of our spirit. So it's like you can, however you have thought of yourself, is still far too short. God sees you as you are, and we as sons see ourselves under limitation, under what we've gone through, under our battles and you know whatnot. But we don't really quite know who we are. We do in a measure, but not like we will. And the word says, you will know even as you are known. Are we known? Oh yes. <laughs> We're known all right in the realm of spirit. The light can't be hidden. The brightness of his rising coming forth in the suns cannot be put on a bushel. You are what you are. You are who you are. And the light of Christ is emanating stronger and stronger to such an extent that it is like a radiating beacon in a universe of darkness. Truly, the rising of the suns, one of the great moments of, the, uh, of this timeline, is, the, is, is the, the brightness of his rising. How does Daniel say? They shall, they shall shine with the bright as the brightness of the firmament. 
That's pretty bright. And that that is what is happening. And yet we are still slow to really be able to identify what God has become within us. It's not about you, it's not about I. It's about the Lord and what He's become within us. Very, very powerful. Very powerful. And so, what is happening during this time is going to accelerate even more greater because it's the confrontation of the light with the darkness like John spoke in 1st John or 2nd John whichever it was you are quickly becoming the light on a level the world has never seen not just a little bit of light but a commanding light that radiates out in this vast darkness that we find ourselves in right now and that really has been emanating throughout the universe, really. It's interesting, and I know that we might be rambling a little bit, and that may be the the order of the day for these podcasts. But Christ said, In my Father's house are many dwelling places, many levels, We could be more explicit. Many worlds. Many dimensions. And what's happening by virtue of the Son's becoming is affecting everything in the Father's kingdom. Everything in the Father's house is being touched by the act of the Son's becoming who they have been destined to be. Creation is being deeply touched as the suns begin to break free because their travail is the travail for the release of all creation, your release. And we're further into it than we understand. And that has always caused me a little bit of angst when the Lord has spoken that word. And he said... He has spoken this a number of times. You're so much further down the road than you understand. You become so much more than you understand. And yet we still have wrestled with ourselves because there's a measure of the soul that is still in control or seemingly in control. And so, almost like Mary, oh Lord, how can these things be? But they can, and they are. And we're coming into, well, we've been coming into this for a a long time now. But we would call it the conjunction of two worlds, which was a word that came many years ago. But like many, many words that have come from the Lord, 
It existed as a promise with a potential, as something that you put on the shelf because you don't understand it, nor do you know what to do with it. I mean, how many times has that happened to you? Lord, speak a word, and your heart jumps for joy. It's like, oh, yeah. And then you say, well, now what am I supposed to do with this? (laughs) How do I bring this to pass? Of course, the Lord says, well, you have to die out a little bit more, my son. Then you'll understand. And so the work of the cross continues to go deeper and deeper. But it's interesting in this time that we're in because there are many promises that are on the shelf that are coming off the shelf. There's many words, many visions he's spoken. All of a sudden, they're beginning to make some sense. Because everything that has come, anything that God speaks, is a potential until you experience it. And the word is meant to be experienced. So many people have a great knowledge of the Bible, but it doesn't really do them any good because it hasn't become an experience, first-hand experience. And that is the only time that you really begin to know what he is speaking. And, And you begin to understand the word, you begin to know the word. It's, it's like um, the word that says, you know, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Well, we can break that down in very simplistic terms. The entire word of God is truth. And every time you experience one aspect of the word and it becomes real and living and changes you. Not only has Christ come forth within you in a deeper measure, but the revealing of that truth within you set you free because you began to know the truth. Nothing else will set the sons free but to know the truth. And you could get really mystical with that and say, the Lord is the truth. And our drive and goal has been to know the Lord. That's it's really all it is. We haven't been driven to, or if we have, it's certainly been taken out of us driven to be a prophet, driven to be a seer, driven to know the world of spirit, driven to have all of these experiences and and whatnot, those things come. But the real drive has been to know him. And that's what separates, or should we say, one of several things that separates the wheat from the tares. Well, actually, 
Maybe not the wheat and the tares, but the sheep and the goats. The tares are a satanic infiltration. The sheep and goats, well, a little different, but that's what really separates. And so, you know, you can look back at people that have walked with God or been on the periphery for 30, 40 years. And then they burn out. And they walk away or they decide that it was the rigors were too intense. So they find other ways to feed and make them feel fulfilled. And they let that thing go, the drive to know him. And that's what separates those who are really called to be sons and those like the school of the prophets in the day of Elijah who stand on the periphery they have a little vision and say, "Oh, Elijah, don't you know your, you know your master's coming today, or the, or whatever it was they said." And Elijah said, "Hey, be quiet." So they were on the periphery; they saw something coming, but Elijah was there, and he embraced it, and experienced it, and became. There's a lot of people on the periphery who have had a touch of God and now more than ever this is the time of real test for them. Do they really want to walk with God or are they just looking for frills and bells and whistles and whatever else? Uh, so you might say this is a bit of a time of a testing, a proving ground. It certainly is the day of the wise and foolish virgins, but we're right down at that point where which way is it going to go? And for a lot of people, that chapter is still open. That chapter has really not been written yet. It's exciting when you realize that in real time, right now, you are writing the last chapters of this completion of God's work in this age and the bringing in of the kingdom of God. In many ways, you're like a a pen. And God's taking you and you're writing down how this last chapter is going to go and how it's going to go for you, yourself, by virtue of what your choices are. It's a time for the sons to rise up but God is the one that is rising them up. Like I told Anne the other day, we're looking at a, in some ways, a valley of dry bones out there. Certainly there are some who are alive and driving to break the tape at this time and to really see 
sonship manifested in a people, the true sign, you know, of 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 our adoption. I'm like, okay, Lord, we're running around here. We got adoption papers in our hands. We're trying to find someone to sign these adoption papers. Lord, where where'd you go? All I need is a John Henry on this line. All we need, Lord, is you just you just need to sign the adoption papers, and then you seal it with that big seal of the kingdom, which is the issuance of resurrection life and the redemption of this frail body. And that's where we are. But there's a lot out there who started on this path. Many years ago, for some, maybe 40, 50 years ago, I don't know, and the concern and the intercession and prayer is, Lord, I don't want to see any of them lost, but they're at a valley of decision. And they have to make some choices. Lord, you've talked about this amazing army that doesn't break ranks, that doesn't thrust one another through the book of Joel. And yet, Lord, we see, we see some but also I see a valley of desolate, dry bones. And the word is, can these bones live? I believe they can. I believe they can, Lord. This is the time that those who have been running this race, who maybe tripped and fell, who got lost, who got misdirected and any other thing you can think of. There's been a lot. It's time, Lord, for them to remember, to really remember their first love, to remember why they're here, and to remember that this is the time right now to enter in to sonship, to complete why God sent them in the first place. And no, they haven't missed it. Their destiny, our destiny, hasn't missed it yet. You could say, well, weren't we supposed to be pastoring churches and speaking to thousands and passing out books and tracts and who knows what? Let's go save the world. No, the real ministry of the sons of God comes on the other side of this transition that we're right here facing right now. A transition into the realm and world of spirit where God will give the sons access to come and go, to and fro, to be those who are be the administrators of the kingdom to be the channels through which Christ will subject every kingdom unto himself and throw the spirit world, satanic spirit world, into the pit forever. That's the time that we're at. So with that, we'll, we'll end this podcast for this evening. 
we're going to endeavor to do, try and do at least maybe three a week, because the time is getting short and shorter. So we thank you for tuning in. We send our love and blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.